Hello and welcome to the One Stop Co-op Shop Podcast, your one stop for co-op news and reviews. This week, Jason Perez is here to entertain you with some more shelf stories. Yo, my peoples, what's up? Welcome back to Shelf Stories, the channel that tells tales from games, books, and life. I am your host, Jason. Thank you so much for stopping by for the latest episode of Thinking Out Loud. Uh, this is a follow-up episode to the previous one where I was blessed, privileged, to be joined by Jeff Engelstein, the, uh, game designer extraordinaire, and we talked about blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFT, these weird old things that <laughs> didn't really exist in the board gaming community discourse as of a couple of years ago, but now we're talking about it, and as consumers, we have these new products that we can potentially buy, and our companies are engaging in these things, uh, these these blockchains and these these cryptos and everything, and we're you know, trying to figure out uh, how to make heads or tails. I like to open my uh, space as a salon to discuss and educate, even for folks like me who don't know anything about this stuff. I think I've achieved seven-year-old understanding <laughs> of the current situation, but I am hopeful that uh, the previous conversation will provide some insight as well as this follow-up. So this is going to be a very, very unique follow-up. Uh, the conversation definitely went in a certain direction, had a certain perspective, and I stand by that conversation. But I wanted to try to give something of the other side that uh, my understanding has deepened as a result of conversations that I've had with people who think a little bit differently. So I'm going to talk about that in just a second. But before I get to that, I wanted to thank every single person who continues to engage in Shelf Stories. Uh, and what I ask is to spread the word, like and subscribe and you know post and you know just all that stuff. I do do not run a Patreon. I'll never monetize the space. I want to keep it clear for discussion. So I appreciate every single person who takes the time to share out what I'm doing here. Want to specifically uh, call out David Thompson. Hi, David. I know you're watching. Uh, he was in a couple of threads that I saw just, you know, on his own uh, talking about, hey, look, this is a great discussion. Go ahead and take a look. Uh, I want to thank James Hudson from Skybound Games, who will be back on the show in a couple of months. Uh, who, you know, retweeted and say, go ahead and check this, check this person out, see what he's doing, worth your time. That is the kind of thing that would be really, really helpful to increase visibility and increase the conversation, raise the level of conversation in a board gaming space. That is what Shelf Stories is all about. So for this follow-up, I'm going to do something that I haven't done uh, in other follow-ups before. So uh, I'm going to try something new here. Uh, so the conversation with Jeff uh, had a perspective. So we tried to, you know, talk about blockchains and cryptos and and as, you know, uh, objective a way as possible, kind of measuring the pluses and the minuses, seeing where the tech is going to go. When it came to NFTs, uh, Jeff's a lot more skeptical, uh, relating it to buying a star. <laughs> and, you know, uh, you're spending your money, you get a piece of paper, but it's ultimately meaningless. You know, uh, the, the, there's no there there. Uh, and so uh, Jeff was very skeptical about where, where the value was and whether this was just kind of a, a, a scheme to soak people from their money. Uh, so I'm, and once again, that conversation not going anywhere. I'm going to keep that conversation up. Uh, however, I had a lot of people reach out to me privately, you know, at, at different channels, uh, publishers, and also fans uh, of NFTs saying, you know, this is not the, 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 sto the whole story. Please try to do what you can to share the whole story, uh, educate yourself. So I'm like, all right, I love being educated. Uh, and I was actually invited to a private uh, Discord server, uh, not closed, by the way, just, you know, something that was not, you know, advertised. Uh, you know, very friendly people, just normal people that, you know, sharing their stories of buying NFTs and, you know, uh, sharing their perspectives on what it is. So 
as far as possible, I want to represent that side of the argument. This is not necessarily what I believe, Jason. I'm still forming my own opinions about them. And uh, I want to try, though, to represent that side as much as possible so that uh, people who are watching can form their own opinions in and of themselves. I'll do the best I can to present the strongest argu argument possible as I know it. And I'll continue to hold the door open to anyone who wants to come on the show and discuss further, no matter what your perspective Okay, so now I'm going to adopt the identity of the NFT <laughs> person. I am the booster. I am going to sell you as much as possible on how why these things are good. I don't want to sell you an NFT, but I just want to uh, kind of share the perspective on why, on why they could be good. Pretty much every conversation that I have in the space uh, starts in the same area, which is to ask the question, what is value? When two people or two entities agree to buy uh, and sell a thing, what determines the value of that thing. And this is not controversial, even if it isn't always understood. Uh, this is you know, basically out of every one-on-one -on -one textbook that you get in an econ class. A value of a thing is in what the person is willing to pay for it. The person could sell it for whatever they want. If they find a buyer that is willing to pay that price, then the value of the thing is that price. Pretty blunt blank, end of story. So then when it comes to you know these collectibles, when it comes to useful stuff, you know, like, you know, relative to how useful it is, then we can kind of determine value there. But when it comes to collectibles, it's all emotional, subjective. Art, aesthetic stuff, or memorabilia, or, you know, things that just resonate emotionally. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's so subjective. So how can we talk about what the thing is worth to somebody? So, uh, you know, we've talked about memorabilia. You know, we've had the conversation about memorabilia for a very, very long time. So, um when Jeff was on the show, he taught, mentioned Beanie Babies. Uh, and Beanie Babies are, if you don't know, you have to be kind of Gen Z and before in order to know what a Beanie Baby is. Uh, they were in the 90s, and there were these limited-run stuffed animals. That's all they are. Uh, and, you know, they were so limited. And also, you know, there were manufacturing defects in some of them, uh, um, you know, misprintings and the tags and everything. And so the rarer the thing was, the more valuable it became for people. So there was this big bubble about it. People are buying up BB babies, selling them, you know, reselling them for tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars. Eventually, like a lot of things, the bubble bursts. And, you know, we're right to call that out. I was like, wow, well, there was no real there there. Was there? But was there? Today. 2021, going into 2022 as I record this video, uh, we're talking decades after the original thing. You can still find Beanie Babies that sell on eBay for $10,000, $8,000. You know, you if you had bought a Beanie Baby and you, for whatever reason, held on to it or you just kind of got one from the wherevers, you could still convert that to real value because someone is willing to pay for that value for no other reason. We can cast our judgments. We can, you know, think a certain way. That sounds stupid. But to that person and to their emotional state, you know, the, whether they whether they're doing it for the emotion or whether they just, uh, you know, want to flip it, who are we to say? Honestly, that that is how our system is built. I am wearing a you know, New York shirt here. I'm a big Yankees fan of the New York baseball team. And you know, I, I'm not much of a memorabilia person myself, but I totally get how folks could want the last bat from uh, Derek Jeter's uh, last at bat or the last ball from the strikeout of Mariano Rivera uh, during his last game. Uh, classic Yankees. There are millions of bats and millions of balls. They're all basically the same, but I want that. <laughs> ball and that bat it doesn't make sense to a lot of people but it makes sense to the people who are fans and devotees of the thing 
And just to underscore the, the aspect of uselessness of memorabilia, let me go ahead and point out Kurt Schilling. Kurt Schilling was a pitcher for the 2004 uh, Boston Red Sox. Uh, and, and a memory that I have tried to strike from my imagination as a Yankee fan. They won the World Series for the first time in 100 years. Uh, in 2004, a memorabilia from that particular run was the Bloody Sock, uh, where uh, Kurt Schilling apparently had a ruptured Achilles, allegedly. <laughs> uh, and, you know, the blood was seeping through a sock and he ended up pitching through the game anyway. Part of the legendary one that won them the championship. So, going currently for almost $100,000, or will be put uh, at the expected sale price, is somewhere around there. And who knows? It may even go up. It just depends on what people are willing to pay. And it's for a bloody sock, people. So, there is that one counter argument to NFTs that, like, okay, I'm not really getting a thing. It's a digital art asset. I don't have a real thing here. That's a bloody sock. <laughs> that is useless and it's kind of disgusting. But it doesn't matter. It's about what people are willing to pay. That is its value. All right, so let's drill down on that a little bit because as silly as it might be to an ob objective person to own a sock and say it's like this valuable thing, at the very least, if it's a material thing, then I can prove its uniqueness. There is going to be no other sock. There may be similar socks. There may be, uh, you know, socks that you can recreate, you know, from, you know, patterns and everything. But that is the one sock. It is, you know, I can do things to prove its uniqueness. You know, I could carbon date the blood. <laughs> That's what people do with fine art, you know, like there's counterfeits all the time. But then, you know, you get into the carbon dating, you get into the, all the different verifications. There's a whole industry of appraisal uh, to show people that this is the original thing all along, any collectible whatsoever. So then when it comes to digital art assets, can't do that. I cannot say this is the original thing because that's not the point of the internet. The point of the internet is to make fungible, replicable things all over the place. If I make one digital art asset, whether it's a PNG or a JPEG, kind of a still image, or whether it's a short little animation or maybe even longer or, or whatever it is, then you know, with my computer, I can replicate it all over the world, which is different than the, like an individual sock. Uh, which is a material thing that is unique and replicable. So how can I say that I own a thing that is so easily replicated, you know, by anyone who has a computer? The answer is the blockchain. That is one of the things that uh, people really wanted me to understand is like to really get into what this blockchain is actually doing. And, you know, it's super complicated and there's all these things in terms of uh, uh, recognizing the underlying mechanism. But, you know, I, I, I people kind of told me that I don't have to understand. It's like I don't have to understand my car in order to drive it. I don't have to understand my wash machine in order to put clothes in it. Uh, it's just like a blockchain. Just understand the basic function of it, which is, as we said on the uh, last show with Jeff, was to create that record of verifiable ownership. Once that transaction happens, it's there on the blockchain and it's there for all to see. So then I got a chance to look at some of the existing blockchain coverages. You can log on to websites and you can see it right there. It is a ledger and the, the there's a trust factor here. So you have to trust that the blockchain is actually doing what it's doing. That's where you get community buy-in. You have enough people saying, trust this, then there's only, <laughs> then it's like, there's only so far your skepticism will take you. Uh, you know, this community is saying, here is a public ledger 
backed up by all sorts of you know uh, computer engineering, where I am taking this digital art art asset now, and I've gotten it from some valid source that, in the best of worlds, links back to the creator of the thing. So you know, creators are creating these NFTs, digital art assets, and they sell to a person. And even if that thing gets resold over and over again, there will be a ledger that will link back to the original, uh, the original creator of the thing. So then that's the counter argument to anybody who, um, <laughs> what they kind of derisively call the right click savers, at least people who defend the NFT side of things. So then, you know, someone will purchase an NFT and they'll post it up. Uh, let's say they purchased an NFT. Uh, I think Nike just did their first NFT, the shoe company. And someone posted, I just got an NFT of a Nike sneaker or whatever, some rare Air Jordan or whatever. And then you have this army of people who went like, oh, right click, save, I have the thing too. How silly are you? You spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on your on your thing and I right clicked and I got the same exact thing. How silly is that? This is a scam. The pro NFT person is going, not getting the point people. I have something that none of y'all have. I have that link on the blockchain. I can verify ownership of the thing. Go ahead and try to sell your right click thing. Go ahead and, you know, like, go ahead and find a buyer for it. Good luck. I can find a buyer for it and I can sell it for however much uh, somebody's willing to pay because I have that thing that you don't have, which is a link to verifiable ownership that exists and anybody can see it on whatever blockchain that they are purchasing it from. The, the Ethereum blockchain has a lot of um, uh, NFTs, but there's many at this point that are engaging in the NFT uh, system. And if you really think about it, that's how the world runs. Everything of significant value, you got to prove ownership. Otherwise, it doesn't have a value. It especially doesn't have transfer value. Your home, is a you need the title for it or you need the deed uh, for the home or else you're a squatter on the home. You know, I have, you know, bought cars in my life or I've you know, sold uh, sold cars and bought used cars or whatever it is, those transfers. But what's the, the thing that you do in those transfers is where's the title? The keys, the actual car themselves don't matter. Where is the title? Once you exchange that title, once you get that notarized and you get the signatures on there, ownership has been transferred. That is the thing that is real and has real world impact that matters. And in the digital space, we've uh, what ha what the community has done is basically come up with a new way to transfer ownership that is completely digital. And you need the blockchain because it's that permanent verifiable record. Can't do it in previous systems. You can do it on the blockchain. Maybe there's other systems, but this is the this is that we have right now of public verifiable ownership. And now I have a thing that the right-click savers, quote unquote, don't have. So there's the resale value of it. Like I can't sell the thing without having uh being able to point someone to uh, you know, that link on the blockchain. Or, you know, uh, it doesn't even have to be a link on the blockchain to like uh, a a digital asset start somewhere else. Like I've learned that you can actually store the asset on the blockchain itself. You know, uh, it, so let's say it is a, uh, a company and they're selling some kind of NFT, a digital art asset, and they go out of business and they disappear. There's, there are ways to ensure that the person has ownership of the thing if they want it past that. They negotiate that. No, I'm going to put it on the blockchain or I'm going to give you the original files or, or make, give access in some way. You know, obviously there's room for scamming. And a lot of scams have happened. And I'll say a lot more about scamming uh, down the road, but it's not inherent in the system. 
you know, a lot in of what I got from a lot of these communities is that there's a lot of back and forth. There's a lot of like, you know, negotiation with the creator and with the buyer or with the buyer and someone who is selling it to somebody else. There's a lot of open negotiation and that's still getting worked out, but that doesn't make it like fuzzy in a scam or that kind of thing. So the transaction piece is there backed up by the blockchain. Also, people who buy NFTs uh, oftentimes they become part of kind of a community of stuff. So like there are a lot of creators out there more and more that are, you know, they're not just selling the NFT, they sell more products. Like, okay, buy this NFT and get this extra thing uh, or become part of our community, get the invitation to this, whatever it is. Uh, one really fun practice I heard was about airdrops. So like, uh, you know, a, co a company or an artist uh, in this case will have an NFT, uh, sold it to a couple of people or sold different aspects and they have the record. And whoever owns their NFT, airdrop, more stuff. Just here you go. We are now part of a community backed up by this blockchain. It's not just backed up by no reason. It's backed up by this record of ownership. You either buy that, you either understand it or you don't, but don't say it's fake because there's real stuff that, are, that goes into the blockchain, which represents the foundation to everything else that's happening. And here's one last bit of good news. You know, I mean, NFTs can be a force for evil, but they can also be a force for a lot of good. So uh, I saw this just independently of everything else. Uh, one of the creators that I follow, and I really respect his work, uh, Edgardo Miranda Rodriguez. Uh, he is a longtime comic book artist, a Puerto Rican, uh, always doing stuff for, uh, you know, Puerto Rican uh, visibility and, you know, help on the island through various, uh, you know, all the things that we go through. Uh, recently put up uh, their own NFT. Uh, for a comic book character, uh, La Boriqueña, which is uh, his own creation, which he has uh, reduced, uh, produced a couple of gra uh, graphic novels for. New NFT, proceeds for it are going to uh, aspects of whatever it is, Puerto Rican uh, recovery and you know, help on the island, all that kind of thing. How am I going to say no to that? No matter what I think, personally, Jason, or whether I'm an NFT person, if someone is willing to see value in what uh you know Agaro is putting out and they're willing to spend their money towards helping puerto rico in a way that they wouldn't have done otherwise because we're human beings you know we'd like to think we're all empathetic but you know most of us just they want we want something for our money and if an entity can provide that value for somebody and that money can go help provide real material help for somebody then who am i to say so as I close out this discussion, again, from the uh, NFT booster perspective, uh, there are issues and they are being discussed in the NFT community, at least the, uh, amongst the people with whom I spoke. Uh, first of all, being the environment stuff, how, you know, as described in uh, Jeff's podcast, blockchains just inherently have more of environmental cost than other ways of storing and you know, data and recording transfers. So then that is being discussed, you know, the whole proof of work versus proof of stake versus some other things that are happening. Uh, you know, some of the earliest blockchains are real environment suckers and then they've been development. And, you know, as pressure happens uh, and as more discussion happens, you know, more options are open where maybe there'll be some blockchains or another evolution of the technology that will be more environmentally friendly. Uh, that is being discussed in the community you know, in an open-ended way. So, you know, no answers, <laughs> just lines of discussion. And then there's the issue of theft, which is a real bad problem in the NFT space. Uh, the idea that a 
person who did not create an original piece of art, whether it's physical, whether it's digital, uh, a person comes in after the fact and puts it on the blockchain and makes it quote unquote their own and sells it uh, without the original artist benefiting. That is theft in our system. You know, we have uh, intellectual property. Uh, we value creators and their creations. And so NFT, uh, the system seems like a scheme to rob people who are not participating in the system for whatever their reasons, uh, rob them of value and, you know, appropriate value for their own and kind of run off and do their thing. And there's also just like the shady people who, you know, will put up a Kickstarter for it or put up whatever uh, and, you know, they'll, They'll get all this money, but they don't deliver anything. They're gone. And so, you know, it's very much a Wild West aspect to it. And, you know, I think I have gotten a lot of feedback that says that that is a crappy thing to do. There is a lot of agreement among the people I talk to that, yes, theft is bad. And, you know, there is a hope that along the way, systems will come in place, regulations will come in place, whether it's from within the system or from outside somehow, uh, that will kind of bring some more stability to the system and reduce uh, the level of theft as much as possible. It is an open question whether these answers will come in time. You know, people are moving on. <laughs> the NFG train has left the station in so many ways. Uh, so, you know, I, I read this in uh, Kotaku. Ubisoft is just moving forward. NFTs all over the place. This is the beginning uh, and, you know, of, of evolution that, you know, including microtransactions, all the other stuff that gamers hate. Now we have NFTs and we have even more stuff coming when it comes to Ubisoft. Kickstarter moving to uh, a blockchain, the Celo uh, blockchain. Um, and a lot of publishers are kind of asking questions. So is that a snap judgment? It has to be said that the, the you know, the uh, CEO of Kickstarter or all these other places aren't giving great answers. If this was such a great thing for creators, then why can't we get straight answers about what exactly, what value are we getting that we didn't have before? So then there is this skepticism that, um, you know, against NFTs, that they'll be able to respond quickly enough to their promises. And within the NFT community, that is being discussed. Are there any answers? Not really, but at least what the NFT community is asking for is that they, uh, to the recognition that they're grappling with this stuff too. And to be able to slow things down and come up with ideas together, as opposed to those quick snap judgments. All right. End scene. <laughs> I'm back. Jason's back to get, uh, share perspective. Uh, and, you know, at the end of the day, I'm still learning. Uh, and I, I, I really try. And I've done this the entire time, but this is the first time I've done this on video uh, for you is, you know, enter into the other person's perspective as a uh, exercise in empathy and figure out, okay, there's more than one person doing this and there's a lot of, and there's some non-grifters uh, in that space that are, and they're really defending it. So it's like, okay, did the best that I could to represent that perspective. Uh, so, and I'm just going to present it to you, not giving any, uh, you know, recommendation one way or the other, just, you know, keep an open mind, continue the discussion. So, uh, you know, did I convince anybody one way or the other? Did, what side of the argument do you buy? Uh, if you are an NFT booster, how did I do? <laughs> you know, are there other aspects of the argument that you would like to foreground? Um, at the end of the day, I think that there is agreement along, you know, anyone who is engaging in my space, that the value is in the discussion. Ultimately, we want the best things. For our, for our gaming space. And ultimately, whatever is best for the gaming space, that's what I want. So at, there is no agreement. 
on how to, and what the best things are. So let's just continue the conversation and figure out what that is so we can get this together. If you can change your mind, you can change the world, people. So until next time, wait, everybody. Thanks for joining us again for the One Stop Co-op Shop podcast. Check out our YouTube channel at One Stop Co-op Shop. Also, join us for games and discussion on our Discord channel. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash one stop or leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks again and we'll see you next week for another top five list.